What's up? It's your pal Winshikis Thoughticus, and this is The Bar is Low. Every episode we take a look at a fanfiction or a collection of fanfictions, and these can be either good, bad, or in between, but mostly, they're bad. You already know the drill. It's time for some motherfucking incest, but this time, it's gonna be a little bit different, because we're gonna be talking about Water Tribe incest too. Don't worry, there's still gonna be plenty of fiery fun to go around, but we ain't just gonna leave Katara Sokka and Hoda out of the fun, because there's plenty of suitable content for them as well. Not nearly as much as the Fire Nation has, but still, enough to merit a place on this episode. We'll start off with some stuff exclusive to them, and then most of the rest of the episode will involve both them and the Fire Nation family. The last fic though, it's just insane. It might be the best, worst thing I've ever covered, so definitely stick around for that because it's fucking wild. Today's fucked up Ometer rating is a 10 out of 10 for graphic incestuous sex. Really, there's no fun for the whole family episode. I'd consider it to be anything less than a 10. This is just gonna be like the other ones in that regard. So without further ado, let's get started with my second ever foreign language fic. The first one was a Spanish Lion King Scar Simba incest porn, and this is a French avatar incest porn. Theoretically, I should know Spanish because I studied it for like three years, but I really don't know Spanish, and I know even less French. So what I did, I put this through Google Translate and I hoped for the best. Now you're probably wondering, why am I resorting to covering a French fic when there are copious incest pornos out there for me to choose from? Why is that? Well, this is the only Sakakota fic I've ever seen so we kind of have to cover it. So it suck as warrior ceremony and then in the fanfic world that means there's gonna be some sort of sex ritual. Also I like that chief in French is chef. Chef Hakoda. Very good. But um this is gonna be an exclusively gay event. They just like got rid of all the women. They just all left to go fishing like all of them and then every man in the village was like let's all just fuck Sokka. So he just sucks all their dicks because that's how you become a warrior in the south. You don't prove yourself in combat or anything like that. No, you just suck a bunch of dicks. So this other group of dudes comes up, including Beta One Coda, and I guess rumor has it that their dicks are legendary or something, and they get blowjobs too. Sokka is such a semen demon in this, I can't. It's just ridiculous. Haha, <laughs> dick. Meanwhile, Hakoda's just jerking off to this double blowjob and into a bucket of cum. Like, I didn't trust Google Translate entirely, but that's what it told me, and it it's a bucket of cum, and that'll come back. Hakoda, he's like, I'm so proud of you, son, you suck such good dick. Now it's my turn, and then with pleasure, and I can't fucking believe I'm not saying this about Zuko or Zula or whatever, Sokka sucks his dad's dick, and then fucking get this. Hakoda pees on his face. He's just like, you know what, I'm gonna pee on my son. Why the fuck not? And wait, yeah, that was a cum bucket, because they go outside, and Selecta gets baptized with the cum bucket. It's a cum baptism. Are you supposed to drink the holy water? Because he, he drinks from the cum bucket. Holy shit. <laughs> this is just so unnecessary on every level. Like, why did they write this? What the fuck is wrong with French people? I've read enough English stuff to know that that shit's fucked up too. But like, I'm just gonna blame this on French people being insane, even though I have no right to be doing that. But like, Hakoda really is a chef, cause he helped make that tasty cum bucket. Oh my god, why? <laughs> why does this exist? So this next one, this is in first 
person from Katara's perspective. Oh, fuck off. I don't want any first person shit. It's actually not badly written, despite the first person. But this is the story of her growing up with, like, no men or parents around. It's a bit more serious in nature. You know, she's just a kid when her mom dies and her dad leaves, so all she's got left is her brother. Eventually, they both hit puberty, and they start having, like, romantic and sexy dreams, but they don't have any parents around to tell them what's happening. And one day, they just have an angsty conversation. They're just whispering to each other in the middle of the night, just like the old times, about how everything indeed changed. Eventually, she's just like, oh, please, can we be close again? Like the olden times. You're all I have left. And he's like, yeah, sure, I guess. I guess, whatever. Somehow that leads them into sex. And they, like, kind of instinctively know what to do. And they're like, oh, this is what our parents would have told us about if they were both still alive. <laughs> this is what brothers are for, guys. Just so you can fuck them when your parents die. This honestly was kind of well written, despite the first person. It does make sense to me that this would happen, because they're the only two teenagers in the village. They have no one to give them the talk. Just the concept of this makes me surprised that there aren't more insuspects of these two, which is a good thing there aren't more, but uh, I think I'd rather read about Sokka and Katara trying to figure shit out than Azula and Zuko having a hate sex or whatever it is that they do. It's actually not bad. The context behind this made it work. And now it's time to revisit Abraxas Clippeth from um, episode 8. We're gonna talk about some more of his water tribe fakes. The first one, of course, being the abortion fetish one, which I already did on his author review, so it won't be here, but that one's wild, so if you're feeling up to the challenge, definitely check it out. It's more fucked up than either of the things I'm gonna talk about today. This fic has a more serious tone. Abraxas is a pretty damn good writer when he wants to be, and I'm not gonna really do this fic justice as it's the most serious thing on the episode, but I thought I should at least mention it. So, you know, Katara's mom is dead, so she's gonna step up and be, like, the woman of the household, which we all know that means that she fucks her dad, because that's just how it goes. It's a more consensual relationship than we're used to here. It's written with more emotion behind it than it is about lust. So it just starts off with her being really angry, but she doesn't really know why. She gets that Dakota had to leave, but then she's like, hmm, am I guilty that my mom is dead? And then she eventually gets herself to calm down, and then um, here's just this quote. Katara was so serene that she did not notice Hakoda watching. Suddenly, out of nowhere, he was standing under a slant of sun. His face was illuminated by the light. His body was consumed by the night. She shook, hoping the visage was not a dream. The figure was too perfect, the way his face was framed by his hair, accented by the trim of his beard, and above everything, the way his eyes gazed. The face was exactly as she fantasized. Was it the guilt that she could be with her father while her mother could not? The face haunted Katara, much as her face haunted Dakota. To Katara, that was, and would always be, the ideal of manhood. See, I'm, I'm so used to hearing manhood as a synonym for cock that that just made me shudder a little bit, but the cock does not come yet. It continues, nobody ever matched it. Only the men of the north were close, but that resemblance was superficial. Smiling their tears together, she reached up, he reached down. They held on to each other, fingers locking with fingers, without a word spoken. She tugged to urge him toward her, and he slowly complied. The man sat, his left side against the wall. The girl rested, her right side against the wall. You were gone so long, I was afraid I would not recognize you. I memorized it. I thought about it again and again. 
She feared the picture, static and ageless, would be so idealized, all traces of reality could be lost. I like that line a lot, actually. Yet he defied expectation. You are exactly how I pictured you'd be. Guitara. Something about the way he said the name, the tone, the pace. It was not how a father talked to a daughter. Oh boy. So yeah, you can kind of see where things go after that. Uh, she basically has to be her mom. And she's like, yeah, um, this totally isn't my dad. This is the perfect ideal warrior who's gonna fuck me. And then they do have sex and it's it's pretty depressing actually. This one was also like weirdly well written, I guess. I liked some of the imagery here and how this one and the last one too explored some elements of this family that we hadn't seen before. It is about character relationships and I did say way back in the first installment of this series that that's what can make an incest fic worthwhile when it's about character relationships and not porn. But this this one, this is another Braxis one. This is definitely about porn, because in this AU, Katara's like the village hoe. She just calms all the hormonal boys, and she loves her job and the power she has over them. It's like half incest, half not, but holy shit, just her job title alone, and we'll get there, demands that I cover this. So it starts with Katara getting back from work one day, and she promptly has a flashback to her first assignment. The boy's name is Koga, which I bring up because this author also has a lot of Inuyasha stuff. Is this a crossover? I can imagine it's not a crossover now. And just this scene, way Abraxas Rice is just, I don't really know how to describe it, but he captures her innocence and her eagerness really well, and the language is just fucking gross, too. Most writers do not expend this much effort into describing penises. But that's kind of the point of this stuff, to be fucking gross. So I'm gonna read this little scene here. Those were the strangest parts of body she ever saw, and they appeared to be huge, but she was not afraid. She thought it was funny the way his, the way his penis bobbed up and down, and the way his sack was scrunching. It's cold, but it's okay, he said, trying to explain why his sack was shrinking like that. You can warm them, you know, with your hands. Instinctively, she reached and palmed his testicles. The skin was lined with ridges and dotted with hairs, and though it felt weird, it was not unpleasant. She watched and felt his gonads pressing against his body. She giggled as she massaged the two little ball-like things. Is that better, Koga? Katara asked, looking up into his deep blue eyes. She never thought she could be that close and personal with a boy, and he was becoming cuter and cuter the more she explored him. Your hands are so nice, Katara, Koga moaned. I'd love to feel them all over my cock. She blushed. To call it a cock in front of a girl, it was so forbidden. Katara cannot remember the way she touched his penis. Her very first penis. Just that it was so smooth and so hard it throbbed like crazy and felt it stiffen within her grasp. It was beautiful. <laughs> Especially his tip, the foreskin that cloaked his head. He did not have to prompt her. It was as if she had been born with the knowledge. The way she pinched his tip and massaged his head through his foreskin and tapped the deep purple flesh slowly being exposed by the retreating hood, water oozed out of it. I am so swollen, he whined like he was pained. Does it hurt? She asked, suddenly concerned that the experience was not pleasurable. Katara gazed at Koka's face. It was priceless the way he looked, eyes wet, cheeks red, features contorted, as if you were holding back something. It only hurts when you don't touch it, he stammered. <sighs> what 
the fuck? Really, I've never read any porn that has just spent so much time describing someone's genitals. Way to go, Abraxas. So, Sokka and Katara apparently share a room, and after a day's work, she's pretty tired, so he's like, hey, you want to watch me masturbate? And she's like, well, that's just dandy. I'd love to do that. And she likes watching boys jerk off because she learns new techniques from them. And when he finishes, he nuts all over her face. All over her face. Y'all really out here ruining the good sibling relationship we had from this show. I guess that was kind of the point of this episode to do that, but wow. Y'all really out here doing this. She also tells him that, and I quote, You have the most adorable nutsack I've ever seen. That's a weird compliment, but... I love it. And then in chapter two, we find out why this fic is called a bender of her talents. Because Guitar is not a water bender in this AU. She's a cock bender. I'm. I just want to die, you know? This is another flashback we get to the first time Sokka and Guitar fooled around together. He craves that magic cockbender touch, but she's his sister, so it's kind of awkward for both of them. And then suddenly we get a brief history of cockbending in which the female tribe members like prevent wars by placating the most aggressive people, like the adolescent males. <sighs> I just don't have any words. Like... Wow. And to convince her, he keeps being like, it's it just a penis. You've touched plenty of those before. So what if we're simply, you're just a hand and I'm just a penis. So eventually she's like, oh, okay, fine. I'll give you a hand job because his cock and I quote, it seemed to be so helpless wanting and begging for more and more touch. And she puts her mouth on it too, just because she can't help herself. It's not quite a full blow job, but still. And once he comes, it converts the color of his semen to the milky fucking way what the fuck also do they have the milky way in their universe or are they near the milky way are they in the milky way because they don't live on earth right wow and then she agrees to help him jack off from then on even if it's wrong the next chapter is going to go there quickly the next chapter is another scene between koga and katara and there's some romance between them even though it's supposed to be a professional relationship like she's a prostitute or something but it doesn't seem like she gets paid like do they have money at the south pole who knows the last chapter introduces Aang. uh she ends up telling him about the cock bending and how it's the tradition in the south I can't believe I just said cockbending without fucking losing my shit. But this next thing here, I'm gonna say and I'm gonna lose my shit because... <laughs> because Aang has an arrow on his dick. I saw it coming because this author has put that into some of his other works, but arrow dick, like, wow. How come I keep seeing arrow dick but I don't see penis fire bending? That's not fair. It's just cockbender. In the abortion fetish one, Katara got called a cockbender, but it was more as a dirty name in bed, but that's literally her job title here. <laughs> Bravo, Abraxas, you've done it again. <laughs> Okay, so now we're gonna switch gears and we're gonna talk a little more about the Fire Nation just like the other episodes have done. This one is really short, I'm just gonna read it. 
Zuko glances around the garden before popping his fingers into his mouth. No one around except for Uncle Iroh, which means no scoldings for sucking the sugar from his fingers. Their gardens are in full bloom. Branches sag, heavy with the new blossoms. Iroh sits under a bear tree, carving. I see you were able to sneak a few cakes, he chuckles. Are you skipping lessons today? Well, I have a question, and it can't wait until after lessons. How come you kissed my mother and father? Ozai had practically flushed purple, while Ursa merely smiled and their fingers together. Iroh does neither, but continues carving. I experience a sense of joy while doing so, but not as much as they do with tea. We share a deep love and friendship, though I do not necessarily agree with everything they do. Do they know? We all know. Iroh sits his carving down, patting the ground. Come, sit, and we will talk. Wait, so I thought it was just Iroh there. When did Ozai and Ursa get there? Are they there? I can't really tell, but like, whatever, let's, let's talk about this. I bet you thought as I was reading that, that Ira was gonna fuck Zuko, but no. That took a pleasant turn, in my opinion. Is this incest though? Like, they're sharing Ursa, but Iro kisses mommy and daddy, so is that like a brotherly kiss or something? And the series has fucked me up. Siblings should totally be able to share their siblingly affection. So we're gonna say that was a brotherly kiss. And can y'all imagine Ozai just being down to share his wife with his brother who he hates maybe in a better world so under the assumption that this occurs in a better world and that was a brotherly kiss i fuck with this even though it's not clear where everyone is in space good post op also tea is better than kissing people you love that feels like the one she thought of his experience just a little bit but like not with tea with like chocolate or something sorry ira but that's just my personal preference this next one's also really short so same deal i'm just gonna read it Zuko could not recall ever being quite as happy. Sure, he was still banished and considered a traitor to the Fire Nation. And at the present, he was taking and in need of a bath, and Dakota's snoring was not exactly the stuff lullabies were made of. Also, Sokka tended to kick him in his side in his sleep, as well as murmur about boomerangs. There was also the lack of privacy and the unseeing but knowing looks Toph would give him in the morning. But at that moment, pleasantly squished between two naked water chivesmen, Zuko could not recall ever being quite this happy. First of all, where are they? Second of all, and more importantly, imagine a threesome with your dad. Just sharing a woman with your brother does not sound even half as bad, in my opinion. This sounds terrible. I mean, it's not the last dad threesome we're talking about today, but still, like, even if this isn't incest just this would be so awkward like they obviously at least shared zuko like wow that's so uncomfortable so before we get to today's finale about zuko and azula's mutant freak baby let's get to this pre-finale fic about zuko and azula's mutant freak baby well the finale isn't just about a mutant freak baby that's just a little part of it because believe me there's so much more going on than that this one meanwhile is very much crack fic and it's also a, a very much a big mood so while i'm just reading shit i'm just gonna read chapter one of this fic chapter one hemophilia's sad tale of woe and shit <laughs> same <laughs> A.N. Hey everyone, what the hell? Incest? Really? Parody. Much the parody is called for. Fun fact. Children conceived of an incestual union often suffer from some sort of genetic mutation, pointed out Iroh helpfully. How is that appropriate, like, ever? Asked Hemophilia, who'd just been thinking about how surprised he was that the old man was still alive. Just providing helpful information, great nephew, seeing as those damn fan fiction authors made you the freak exclamation point baby of your father and his sister. Why did you do that? Do what? 
put an unnecessary exclamation point between freak and baby. I don't know, all the other fanfictions were doing it. If all the other fanfictions jumped off a bridge, would you? The old man grumbled in reply to the deformed youth. Hemophilia patted his great uncle's shoulder consolingly and said, It's okay, great uncle Iroh. You were definitely right about those stupid fanfiction writers making my parents mate, but what's done is done now. And it's okay that I'm slightly demented, have only half a left leg, and have Fanconi's disease. I've come to terms with that fact. But how can you, when just over there in unnamed thick number three, your half-brother frolics comparatively unscathed? Why comparatively? Because it's a terrible thick and he's bipolar or something, but at least he has his limbs. Great uncle, I don't think we have room to be dissing anyone else's thick. That's true, I am like 643 years old and look exactly like I did when I was 60. And I'm the brutally honest offspring of two siblings. We make a terrible story. I mean, where are we? The author totally failed to mention that. Are we in a bedroom? A living room? On a ship? At the beach? There followed an awkward silence. So what do we do now? Asked the immortal Iroh. Um, make out, replied Hemophilia. More incest? But isn't it incest that got us into this mess? You know the old saying, if your parents are brother and sister, make out with your great uncle and a rainbow will appear. That's the dementia. Definitely the dementia. Just then, Aang hobbled in, leaning on an air cane, and said, Are you the mutant love child of Zuko and Azula? That would be me, replied Hemophilia. And aren't you like 50? Logic does not belong here, stated the elderly airbender. You of all people should know that. I've come to offer you an offer. Offer me an offer? That's just bad grammar. Shut the fuck up, mutant. Anyway, as I was saying, I've come to offer you an irresistible offer. What is it? Well, if I were to use fanfiction logic, it would be a quest of some sort. But screw that. I'm prematurely ancient. I hate fanfiction. We all do. I've amassed an army. Lesbian Katara. Overly maternal May. Every one of Sokka's abused lovers, and many others. I've come to invite you and your super old young great-uncle, said the Avatar. Hemophilia nodded seriously as overly maternal May ran over and hugged him, exclaiming, I love you. I will love you forever. I wish you could live in my soul. I'll join if you get her off me. Deal. And so, a deal was made. This is a mood. I'm Hemophilia right now. I'm just like, why? Why am I alive? Why do people keep making these two mate? Chapter two is not as good. And I mean, this just from 2010. So back then our lol XD random humor was not as good as our lol XD random humor we have now, which we call shit posting instead. What the fuck? 2010 was almost 10 years ago. That's not okay. But in this chapter, Hemophilia finds a girlfriend at the anti-fic army headquarters. And oh, wow, it's love at first sight with Sokka and Guitaro's insist baby, Fanconi. But both Sokka and Guitaro are gay. So I don't know why they fuck but okay. As was mentioned earlier, logic does not belong here. But this big, this is how I feel doing these episodes though, just grossed out yet enchanted by the sheer fuckery that goes down. And speaking of the sheer fuckery that's about to go down, this is our grand finale. It's been on the long side and it's still in progress as of this recording, but I just couldn't wait to cover it because this fic was practically written for the bar as low. There is a god and he hates me. So I'm very excited to cover this. It has everything that drives me up the fucking wall all in one place. Incest obviously. Pregnancy, incest pregnancy, slavery, Katara Ozai, Azula Ozai, Azula Katara Ozai. All it's missing is a mythical royal foursome, but oh sweet fuck does it have everything else. This was just gift wrap for me, handed down by some higher power and I am ready to tackle it. And of course, of course this fix starts with Katara getting fucking kidnapped. 
because how else would you start a fic like this, quite honestly? She's been captured following the siege of the North, and Zuko is going to bring her home as a gift for his father in exchange for his honor, as if honor is a tangible good. Azula is also on the ship for some reason. So, not only in this fic do I have to deal with incest, but I have to deal with Katara Ozai because God hates me. So, they get to the palace, and Ozai's like, Zuko, I tell you to bring me the avatar, not whatever species of subhuman this is. And Zuko's like, but dad. She's like the last southern waterbender, so that's gotta count for something. And Katara's like, fuck you, Ozai. Like, figuratively, though, just to make that clear. And he's like, okay, she's feisty, actually. I like her. Maybe she is worth your honor, son. We'll see about that. Oh my god, just Azula's fucking lines. Zuko's like, why aren't we bringing her to the cells, father? I'm concerned for your safety. And she's just like, dad doesn't give a fuck about your safety. Like, why are you worried about his? Poor Zuko. He's so fucking stupid. But mostly, poor Katara, because Ozai's like, prepare her son. And he doesn't know what that means. And what it means is, of course, that Katara's about to get penetrated. Also, why is everyone convinced that Ozai has a huge cock? We team small dick Ozai here on the bars, though. Zuko makes the wrong choice because he's he's himself. He has dumb bitch disease. Azula, meanwhile, undresses her father because remember, kids, this is still an incest episode. And Ozai's just, you know, he's not gonna just go and raw like some uncultured bastard. No, he wants a blowout shop from Azula. Meanwhile, Zuko and Guitar just watching in horror, like, hey, what the fuck? While well, she chokes on that dick. So Ozai fucks his new slave. He literally says, look at your new owner to her. What the fuck? What the fuck is wrong with you, man? I gotta be impressed that we're not out here romanticizing this shit because, man, the bar is low. And meanwhile, Zuko gets a boner because that's how it be sometimes. There's actually no Zuko Ozai insists in this fic, so I guess I have to be thankful for that too because the bar is low. There's no gay stuff in this fic, actually. Uh, we just get straight and lesbian shit. So there's another category of porn that I don't have to think about. That's nice, at least. Azula does decide to help Zuko out with his dingus and gives him a handy because it's yeah, I guess why not? Well, as I fucks his new slave. So really, the next scene here is Azula putting the moves on over her fucking brother. Why? I don't know. You'd think that one incestuous relationship would be enough for her, and I wouldn't think that Ozai would like to share her anyway because he's a possessive fuck, but whatever. Ozai like a broken sex demon in this fake, which is also kind of what Katara turns into towards the end. She's like, ha ha ha, you have sympathy for a peasant. And here's some really disturbing things that Azula says as they progress towards sex. On the topic of her meager pubic hair, she says, father only lets me keep that much. He doesn't like reminders that his little princess is growing up. Ugh, why? Uh, can we just not? She also says, I see you're like father. He gets hard when he hurts me too. I'm like, can we not? And she also insists that Zuko would like to fuck their mother. So of course he shuts her up by fucking her in the mouth, but she's actually like, well, this is fun. And she starts taking charge of the situation. We get some background on what, what the fuck happened with Azula and Ozai. And they started fucking on the very same day that Zuko got banished. So she was like 11. Wow. And can't rape the willing is what she says about this because fuck no. <laughs> and quote, even Zuko, usually oblivious, could hear the lie in her bravado. Wow, even Zuko's not stupid enough to believe that. 
that's really fucked up, man. And you thought Ken and Azula had issues. So right after this, Azula goes down to the cells to torment Katara just because she can. That's why. And because fuck you. That's also why. She's still got a mouthload of cum from blowing Zuko. And she's like, I have a gift for you, peasant. And cum swapping ensues. And this keeps getting brought up, too, that she's jealous that Katara has bigger tits than she does. Ugh. Azula's, like, so fucked up in this fic. I mean, she's, like, fucked up in canon and every fic. But, like, this fic especially, man. This is just fucked up. And we'll get to it being even more fucked up, believe me. She also has this flashback about Ozai taking her down to these very same cells because she was crying the first time he fucked her in the ass. Ugh, I'm just gonna crawl through my computer to fucking assassinate Ozai. That's the ideal one she could thought of his experience. I would just hate fuck him to death. So Azula's like, eat my pussy, bitch. And Katara's like, no. So Azula's just like, time to flog you. This was really just, this fic was really just handed to me by a vengeful god. Katara gets hit enough times that she breaks down and agrees to eat that royal pussy. Azula asks if she's ever done it before and she says that she, yes, she's eaten pussy once on Kyoshi Island. And okay, I get that maybe Katara's lesbian adventures on Kyoshi Island maybe aren't the most important thing right now, but we're just gonna let that go? We're just not gonna elaborate on that? Wow. So Azula just forces her to orgasm and leaves her crying on the cell floor because that's very kind of her. Oh my god. And then the next chapter is just one of my worst nightmares because this is the threesome I mentioned in the beginning. My two least favorite pairings just get slammed into one scene. Can you believe that, fellas? This fic was practically written for me to scream about and this scene was created to give me an aneurysm. So it was like it's called to her father's chambers for obvious reasons and she hates that it turns her on. She gets there and Katara's already there. And on the inside, Azula would love to just tear Rosai's dick right off. But she's like, what may I do for you, father? I mean, it already seems like you've gotten some sweet underage pussy today. And he's just like, now, now, daughter. I would like all the underage pussy I could get and all other underage orifices too. Now show me what that mouth do. And Azula gets super pissed off that she can taste Katara's pussy on his dick. That's a horrible sentence. I'm sorry for saying that. Ugh, this is just full of horrible sentences. And she figures that she's being punished for intruding on Azai's property, as a manner of speaking. This fucking paragraph, oh my god, there's just too much nasty shit in it for me to summarize. So I'm just gonna read that. That's a good princess, he said. His voice, the glacial calm, it always was. Suck daddy's dick. Get him hard again. He has somewhere special to put it. She felt herself perk at that, her nipples hardened, and her pussy twitched. He only said that before he fucked her, and in the agitated state he had brought to her, she needed a good fucking deep heart and ugh, with just that risk that she might be pregnant by him. He had fucked her before she was fertile, and it was only a miracle she hadn't conceived by him so far. That miracle pleased her as much as it irked. It would- <laughs> such a bad sentence. It would be so hot to carry their air. Before I burn him to a crisp, she had to remind herself. You fucking people make me sick. Just, it would be so hot to carry their air. What? I am speechless. I weep for humanity on this day. Then he commands Zula to Likatar's asshole to prepare her. We get our first instance of the S-word. Really, it was just a matter of time. And here's another fucking quote. Her father began to groan as his climax neared. The girl began to weep louder. He was really giving it to her hard. Azula knew he much be reaching deep into her intestine. She knew from bitter experience. 
he had explained to her back when she was younger that he liked her bump for the depth he could reach. A little girl's cunt could only go so deep. Her ass had more to it, deeper. It would hurt more that way too, but it would feel oh so good for him to go balls deep. Somehow, the dirty words felt even worse coming in that calm, measured tone, no different than the voice he used to speak to the nobles in his court behind his veil of flame. As he emptied his royal balls into the peasant's guts, she imagined that curtain of flames blew, her father's skull beside her throat, the dark-skinned whore and her brother chained to her chair. Uh, intestines? Oh so good. Royal balls? Oh my god, Azula, just kill him. You can do it, I believe in you. Actually, she wouldn't be much better, but still. This fucking pedophile creep. A, a little girl's cunt. You're nasty. And I have to imagine Mark Hamill saying all these things just because they put so much emphasis on how his voice sounds. Suck daddy's dick. Mark Hamill. Clean me off, daughter. Mark Hamill. Does my favorite daughter presume that I lack the virility to enjoy two beautiful women in a day? Mark Hamill. Daughter, a girl such as her will be tied and dry remedy that. Mark Hamill. Get your tongue in there, daughter. Mark Hamill. It's not often that the revelation of Ozai's voice actor hits me in fanfic, but today it did. Thanks a lot. Can we also just talk about how much he says daughter to? Like, that's not a normal thing that people do when they trust their daughter. It's an incest porn thing. So we can always be reminded that it is in fact incest. Oh, just, so we jump to the next chapter and it was just holding a council meeting, but Katara's just right there next to him, chained up and naked. This man doesn't even bother hiding his disgusting depravity. He's just flexing on them. Like, he knows nobody can do anything about it. What the fuck is wrong with you, Ozai? Big theme on this podcast. What the fuck is wrong with this man? But since Katara's there at the meeting, she's been gathering some information, trying to keep herself sane. And she knows that ever since the little threesome, which she she refers to it as the time that I was like took her anal cherry fucking hell. She knows that Azula knows I haven't been getting along very well. And I, I also just forgot that Iroh's there because this is literally his first line. They're talking about the Avatar state and Iroh just says something about it. I was like, keeps Zuko around after the council meeting. They don't fuck. Don't worry. It's fine. And he's like, hey, son, I've noticed that you haven't been fucking slave. What's up with that? And Zuko's like, well, she was for you. I don't, I don't think I should be using her. And I was like, well, son, she's fun for the whole family. I mean, Azula's been fucking her, so why don't you have your turn? So they take her to Zuko's chambers, but he doesn't actually do anything to her because even though he's such a massive fuck up, he's a good boy at heart. Just uh, the bar is low, guys. But Azula comes in, like, I need to borrow her, and yeets us right into the next chapter. Why does Azula need to borrow her? Well, because she has a friend over, and this scene's from Tylee's perspective. Azula brings Katara out, and on the inside, Tylee's all like, oh, what the fuck? Why is this girl naked, and why she look terrified? They get Katara to eat out Tylee, and pretty much Tylee's just going along with it because Azula's fucking scary, and internally she's like, uh, what the fuck? I just would rather not do this. Can we just not do this? Big mood. We get some little flashbacks to Tylee and Azula's past together, and how Azula always, like, pressured her into sexual stuff and she knows shit's all fucked up with Azula and she literally like fucking thinks I'll save you my love and then maybe you'll like me back oof that's not all because Azula likes to humiliate
humiliate people. So she's like, hey, Tylee, why don't you pee into my slave's mouth? So that happens, and I feel like that's really all I have to say about that. Next up, we get Katara getting gangbanged by a bunch of soldiers because sharing is caring and Ozai cares. It's a bit surprising. I would have thought he would be more possessive, but I guess not here. And yeah, he's still out there parading her around naked because he wants everyone to know what a sick fuck he is and that there's nothing they can do about it. And this scene actually doesn't go badly. The soldiers are all very gentle with her and she finds some sort of reprieve in it. Like she realizes, hey, sex doesn't have to be painful. I can actually enjoy myself. Damn the bars, little guys. But this next chapter is just is not a good chapter. I haven't mentioned yet, but there are a few links to some images in some of these ANs. And since the visual is outside of my domain, I didn't click on any of them, but I just thought that you'd all like to know that there's part of this stuff. Katara just keeps getting caught in the middle of these fucking incestuous orgies. This time, Missoula announces that she's gonna go off to find the avatar to Zuko, and somehow this turns into sex. She's like, what would dad say if he found that you raped me, Zuko. And he's like, he wouldn't care because he does that to you all the time, which, which is the painful line. And he insists that he didn't rape Azula, which is true. You know, she says it's not because she like totally instigated and then she was like, kept prompting him on the whole time, just like she does here. So begins the sex scene where Azula is just ordering both of them around. She sits on Guitar's face while Zuko fucks her. God, I'm just so done. And this is not the first threesome I've seen between these characters, mind you. The other one was so much better, mostly because, because it compared Katara's pussy to the gates of hell. That was such a beautiful line. Thermodynamics were not going to ruin her orgasm. That doesn't make any sense out of context, so I encourage you to listen to that. I think that was episode 36. Azula also warns Zuko to pull out before he comes and says that they don't want any royal children around here. And that turns him on, the thought of that. What the fuck? Why does everyone have a fucking breeding kink here? And she starts taunting him with all the other women that he could fuck. And when she brings up their mother, that's when he comes. Just fuck off. Fuck right off. We're going to see Ursa in this, aren't we? And Zuko's going to fuck her. Can we just not do that? And he also doesn't pull out. Wow. And after the sex scene, it says that his cock sat weeping, which is just a funny mental image. And then Zuko realizes how badly he fucked up, not because he nutted in his sister, but because his dad is a dick and it's all his fault that Katara is a sex slave. So indeed, in the next chapter, we get him saying, fuck you, dad, and running off. This scene is ripped pretty close from the show itself. He just appears in the middle of a war meeting, uninvited, to collect Katara and Iroh and be like, you don't ever love me, dad, I'm leaving. So, Katara is mostly free now. She's on the ship with Zuko and Iroh. Major improvement, I'd say. She, like, gets clothes and stuff, and she has a little talk with Iroh about Zuko probably wouldn't join up with the Avatar, and that she also bloodbended a few people during their escape. Pretty cool. The other part of the chapter, oh, this is the bad stuff. Azula's was, like, already done with her bossing say tape over, and now she's just sitting on the Earth Kingdom throne with her pals beside her. And a few months have passed. Tylee's thinking that Azula looks a little bit different. You probably already know what's going on. Y'all can guess. And Azula, you know, being a bitch and all, forces Tylee to guess what's up. Literally, she's like, oh, whatever do you mean, Tylee? And then we get the reveal that she's pregnant because fuck you, that's why. And May's like, well, who's the father? And still in that bitchy ass tone, she's like, well, there are only two options because I've only fucked two guys. It's definitely an incest baby, probably Zuko's. And she gets 
off to this reveal because it will hurt me. It's enough to quote, soak her knickers, the actual fucking phrase they say, just kill me already. And then Maeve literally throws up because she's the only valid character in this whole fic. I feel like it's also worth mentioning that this is the only fic I've seen where Azuku gets a little pregnant, which you may find hard to believe, but that's the truth. So that's the first for this series. Fuck my life in particular. Why do I do this to myself? Then Jin, that girl Zuko went on a date with in Boston, say, in Canada, but not in the CU, shows up to kneel before Azula because we all out here swearing our loyalty to the Fire Nation. Azula's like, uh, hey, I kind of miss my pen. I want to fuck this girl. Meanwhile, on Zuko's ship, which is called The Honor, <laughs> because Katara was like, we have to name the ship, guys, for good luck. She's absolutely not out of the woods, but that's because of her internal state. Uh, she's like, oh, cool. I'll probably get to see my brother again, finally. Didn't think I was going to be able to do that because I was being held captive and all, but the thought brings some unexpected feelings because Azula knows I just fucking ruined her. Oh, here's a quote, y'all. That Osaka holding her, kissing her forehead, driving his cock up her ass. Boy, that escalated quickly. Fuck this. Wow, uh, so I guess that's gonna happen in future chapters, but right now, Katara needs to go talk to Zuko, and she wants to be fucked by a good person and to have consensual sex. To which I say, Zutara is boring, but there's semen bending in this chapter, which is criminally underused. After he comes, she just, like, bends it into her mouth and says the nastiness of it excites her. Wow, okay. And this fake is still in progress, but as of the time of this recording, that's where it left off. That was sure an adventure, and you better believe I'll be back to finish it in round seven. Where will this go in the meantime? Who knows, but I'm sure it won't disappoint. What the fuck? God is real, and he handed this to me on a silver platter and told me to decapitate myself with that platter. So today we covered, I'm gonna butcher this pronunciation because it's French, Ceremonie de Guerriere by Un underscore Perverse underscore Finier, What Brothers Are For by The Alchemist's Daughter, Inherit the Flesh and A Bender of Her Talents by Abraxas Clippeth, I Saw Uncle Kissing Mommy and Daddy by Peachy Keen underscore with Cream, Happy by Spiralicious, Hemophilia by Undercooked, and A Gift for the Fire Lord by Darth Cadis. The bar is low is on Instagram. You can find us at the bar is low with an underscore in between each word. Follow us, you'll know what's coming up next. If you have a fic to suggest, feel free to get in contact with me. If you want to leave a rating review on iTunes, that'd be real cool. I'm not going to beg you for five stars. Give me however many damn stars you think I deserve. And as always, I'm your pal, Angelica This is the bar is low. Thank you for joining me. And that's all for today.